Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, you will get to hear more behind the scenes from the pharmacist on the team at the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company, Dr. Erin Albert. She is a fellow podcaster and uh, just all things pharmacist, JD, MBA, and she's going to share some exciting things happening over at the Cost Plus Drug Company. All right, so today we've got a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Dr. Erin Albert, who is an edutainer, pharmacist, attorney, writer, entrepreneur, STEM advocate, podcaster, and instructor. A former preceptor who helps get affordable, safe prescription drugs to the masses in the U.S., She currently serves as Vice President of Pharmacy Relations and Chief Privacy Officer at Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company, which is a public benefit corporation or PBC founded by Dr. Alex Oshmiansky. And she was also named a LinkedIn top voice in healthcare in 2022. Erin, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. It's great to be with you today. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a bit about your personal life. Sure. So I am a first-generation college graduate in my family. I was born and raised in South Bend, Indiana, home of Notre Dame. Uh, I've worked most of my career in a variety of settings. Uh, The first kind of part of my career was with with community practice. I worked in independent pharmacies, chain pharmacies, worked the bench with my brothers and sisters out there in the retail pharmacy space. The second part of my career was industry slash academia. So I taught at Butler University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences also worked as a field-based medical science liaison and medical affairs for several different pharmaceutical companies. And now in this third phase, I guess, of my career, I feel like I'm sort of the Madonna of pharmacy, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I've kind of switched to pharmacy benefits. And now, of course, I'm working with Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs. And prior to joining Mark Cuban last April in 2022, I actually worked for a broker advisor and I was in charge of running pharmacy benefit manager RFPs and hiring the PBMs for self-funded employers. So I got to see behind the curtain and frankly, a lot of those things were disturbing. (laughs) So I really wanted to help make a difference try to lower prescription drug costs and not have patients, you know, choosing between rent, food, and their medications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So Erin, gosh, you're all of the different things that you do. You'd think 
how does she find the time to, to fit them all in? Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about, um, you've, you know, pharmacists are often notorious about having lots of different letters and certifications behind their names. Um, but you've actually got different ones for like within business an MBA and a JD. Tell us a little bit more about your, why you chose to pursue those and how they've helped you, um, to get where you currently are in your career. Sure. Candidly, the first time I went to pharmacy school back at Butler University, I had the option, we were one of the first classes to have the option of the six-year PharmD or the five-year BS. And I ran screaming from the building <laughs> after a five-year BS. I had had plenty of school. Thank you very much. Was never going back mm -hmm. to school. Thank you very much. Uh, and got out into the working world and realized that Yes, I'm a lifelong learner. I think most pharmacists are, candidly. I, when you sign up to be a professional, part of being a professional, in my opinion, is you've got to keep learning. And that should be a lifelong love affair with learning. So I then decided when I started cutting my teeth in clinical trial operations in the pharmaceutical industry, I worked for an MBA. And she kind of encouraged me when I was trying to decide if I needed to go back and get a PharmD because everybody was getting a PharmD at that point, or go get an MBA, she really encouraged me to get that MBA because all of these graduate degrees, by the way, are really kind of language translation services in one way or another. So there's a language around business and economics. There's a language around pharmacy. There's a language around law. So people who can kind of float between those different worlds and translate, I think are often very valuable uh, to organizations. So she encouraged me to go get my MBA. I did as such. Um, I focused or concentrated on marketing uh, with the MBA. And then lo and behold, I thought I was done with school. Uh, fast forward another decade, and I decided to go on to law school, principally because I was teaching pharmacy law back at Butler. And um, decided that, you know, I really needed to understand the language of law. Uh, the Affordable Care Act was rolling out at the time. And I found it kind of disheartening as a pharmacist that the ACA was not written by healthcare professionals. For the most part, it was drafted by lawyers. <laughs> so again, I thought it was really important to understand and appreciate and articulate the value of healthcare professionals, including pharmacy. Um, back in a language that the lawyers can understand, their own language, right? So, and then in between there, I also finished my PharmD because, frankly, everybody has a PharmD. So all of those graduate experiences I did while I worked full-time during the day. I think it's really important as well when I, you know, mentor students these days, you know, if they want to go straight through school, I actually discourage them from doing that because I think you have to have a real world operational perspective and appreciation to advancing your education. If you just go straight through school and get all your degrees at once, you don't have as much real world construct or context by which you're obtaining that degree and how or what it really means in the real world. Because you can read all the textbooks all day long, but operationalizing your learning, I think, is a key skill as well. And it's really important, I think, to work during the day if you can, if for no other reason to have the appreciation of the value of your furthering your education at night. Yeah. Well, 
I, I totally agree. And, you know, personally went back and got my MBA after moving more from the clinical side into administration and business. And I love the way you put it in languages. So Erin, you're clearly, uh, you know, driven and have, you know, pursued that lifelong learning, which is so wonderful, but you also have, chosen to create a lot of content. You've got your own podcast. Tell us a little bit, and and obviously have, you know, taught pharmacy students and others, but tell us about edutainment and kind of the, the coin on that phrase and um, a little bit more about kind of why you create content and what your goals are with that. Yeah, I was one of those nerdy kids that the library was like my golden ticket to the universe um, when I was a little kid. So like every time we'd go to the library once a week, I would be that nerdy little kid with the bag of books, hauling it out as many books as I could cram in there as possible. And I just think that any educator has to be an entertainer these days, at least in part or a little bit, right? Because we are in a society now that is the currency is actually attention, right? If you listen to the huge social media gurus like Gary Vaynerchuk, they're always talking about attention is really the kind of Shangri-La that people are trying to obtain because we're in an attention deficit Mm -hmm. society. We have social media portals, we have television, we have mainstream media, we have all these forces coming at us 24 7, 365. And if you're trying to educate or share your opinions or influence policy or procedures or law, you have to get people's attention before you'll even, they'll even listen to what it is that you have to say. So I've always been very interested in intersections. And one of those intersections, I think, is entertainment and education. So if that's talking about, for example, a new piece of law or policy or Supreme Court case around pharmacy law, or it's explaining how you could increase your networking prowess online through social media, whatever that may be, I think that's why TikTok is so popular these days, because it's the perfect platform for being a little bit entertaining and educating at the same time. So I'm always fascinated with that juxtaposition of education and entertainment because you first and foremost have to catch capture people's attention before you can deliver the message great so clearly you have created that secret sauce and linkedin is noticing you were a top voice in 2022 for healthcare. now let's fast forward to what april 2022 everybody wants to know How did you, you know, there's a lot of buzz about the Mark Cuban cost plus drug company. You're what the first pharmacist that was hired in. Tell us a little bit more about what attracted you to the company and um, how you got there. And then of course, all of the things, what are you responsible for? And um, just, just share a bit more about that role. Sure. So Rewinding to end of 2021, I was working for a broker advisor and um, his, you've probably had guests on here talking about 
prescription drug couponing, for example. Mm -hmm. One of the drugs that was um, had a coupon was being kind of pulled back. The coupon was expiring at the end of the calendar year, which is not atypical for brand drugs. What was challenging as working in the pharmacy benefit space was that we had a lot of employers that had patients on high deductible plans. And 1-1 was getting really close and everybody was panicking because this particular drug was losing its coupon. That drug, by the way, is um, imatinib. And, uh, you know, the fourth quarter of 2021, we started seeing reports of Mark Cuban and this incredible price on imatinib. And so I just reached out in my current day job at that time and talked to Ron Harrison, who is our vice president of business development to this day, and just struck up a conversation about how might we get this incredible imatinib pricing to our patients, particularly those on a high deductible plan, starting one one mm-hmm. when the brand coupon was being struck, essentially. And then I just started from there comparing prices between Mark Cuban and costplusdrugs.com versus other outlets. Of course, there's coupon outlets, there's $4 drug lists, mm-hmm. there's all of these ways. And frankly, you almost it feels like some days you need a PhD in pharmaceutical drug pricing just to figure out what an actual cost is on something for a patient. Sure. But because I was being asked in pharmacy benefits about where can I get the lowest net costs on these particular drugs, I just started doing comparisons. I had friends and family coming to me mm-hmm. that were also struggling. Like, I have a $3,000 deductible. I have to pay out of pocket for X drug. Can you help me find the best channel by which I can purchase this drug? So I just started publishing my comparisons. And interestingly enough, Mark Cuban himself was interviewed by uh, the head of news at LinkedIn. And they had a live stream. And lo and behold, they pulled my drug pricing off of a post Hmm. that I posted on LinkedIn and just started sharing it. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that was going to happen. So um, I continued. Were you on the live or did they notice? No. Okay. I mean, they gave me credit. These were posted by, you know, LinkedIn uh, member Aaron Albert. And I was like, what? So that was kind of cool. But you know, we just kept the conversation going and uh, Alex, the CEO, basically said, you know, hey, we would love to have a farm DJD. You're the only farm DJD we know. <laughs> would you like a job? And I, the job was never posted. It, I wrote a job description because they didn't have one. Yeah. Uh, I've worked for startups before and I know that startups take special um employees, right? Mm-hmm. Like not everybody does great in a startup culture. Some people do better in a very large corporate, you know, structure. Mm-hmm. But I I tended to lean towards those scrappier startups myself anyway. So, I took a chance and I said, "Why not?" And we went back and forth. I think we had one 30-minute Zoom interview me and Matt, Alex and here I was in April and I started with them. So, My best advice overall on that, because people ask me all the time, how did you get this incredible job? The best advice I have, Hillary, is that you have to be amazing at your current job. And when I say amazing, you have to get out of the four corners of your day job internally 
and be an inside outsider. Meaning you have to spread and talk about what it is that you turns you on, lights you up about your day job, spread it to a wider audience and people will start paying attention to that. Even if it's your, you're only sharing someone else's content, if you're sharing it in a venue that is public and you're consistent about what messages you put out, you in turn will become that thought leader right. in that arena. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, part of it was just sheer dumb luck. Mm-hmm. They were looking, they happened to be looking for somebody and I popped in at the right time. There is no doubt in my mind that a big fraction of this is nothing but sheer luck. So hard work and luck. I, I think, again, I, I wake up days and I'm like, how did I get this job myself? But I love the job because it is the perfect kind of mixture of business issues, legal issues, and pharmacy issues. Mm-hmm. And I've never really had a job until this point where I've had a really nice balance between the three, but here I do. I get the opportunity to serve patients in a way that I've never really had to do before, um, which is fascinating. I'm learning so much each and every day on the job, but there's no magic to it other than you know work hard and make sure that you're sharing your expertise wider or bigger than the four walls of the company that you're working for. Of course, you have to adhere to social media policies and you don't want to give away any trade secrets or anything like that, but you can't fake authenticity. If you're talking about something and you're clearly passionate about it, others will take notice. Absolutely. As, as LinkedIn did and, you know, and you, you reached out to Alex and struck, you know, you put yourself out there a little bit and kept those lines of communication open. So really neat, great advice. I know a lot of people are, you know, how do I put myself in the right place at the right time? And, and yeah, exactly. So I love that. Well, tell us, you know, what are, what did you put in the job description? What are some of the the different things? Like what excites you most about uh, your new role? Mm, I kind of liken it to building a ship in the middle of a storm out in the ocean (laughs) or flying a plane, building the plane in the middle of the air. It's a mixture of, for me, my number one strength on StrengthsFinder, and I know everybody does all these tests or whatever, but StrengthsFinder for me is um, futuristic. So after seeing and having to operate within the broken model of drug pricing that exists today in the U.S. drug system, I really want to be a part of positive change. So for me, any time that we're kind of, I don't want to say moving fast and breaking things because that's inappropriate as well. You still have to work within the constructs and the systems that have been built in pharmacy and pharmacy benefits. However, being part of the change and being part of the solution, I think, is most interesting and fascinating to me. So, for example, you have to think about and you have to understand the current dynamics in drug pricing. Then you kind of have to reverse engineer how it is that you're going to change it for the better, either make it more transparent or uh, lower cost or whatever those changes may be, but you still have to operate within the system and law constructs that are available today. 
So it's a challenge. It's almost like building or solving for a Rubik's cube in reverse. (laughs) I'm trying to give like visual analogies of it, but we work really hard. And, you know, a big misnomer is that, you know, this is a Cuban company and we have thousands of employees. We do not. We're still a very tiny startup. So there's a lot of us that have to wear a lot of different hats too. And I enjoy a career day where I don't always know what's coming. And I also enjoy using different parts of my brain. So there's might be other pharmacists out there that just want to go down one rabbit hole, like oncology pharmacy, which is awesome. We need those pharmacists. But the generalists and the specialists, I'm definitely a generalist myself. So being part of the solution, I think over time and building things from scratch is, you know, those innovative things that definitely landed in the job description. Yeah. Awesome. So Erin, you've got your own podcast, the Edutainer podcast. Tell us a little bit more about what this Cuban Indie Pharmacy Podcast Network is. Well, it's not a podcast network, believe it or not. It's a pharmacy network. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's awesome. And, you know, as we record today, it's a really momentous day for us here at Cost Plus Drugs because today is our one year anniversary on January 19th, 2023. Mm -hmm. So one year ago today, we started our online portal uh, costplusdrugs.com. So I really wanted to get out and talk about kind of the next iteration of how we're going to help Americans get low cost, affordable quality drugs. And let's be honest, that is through independent pharmacies mm-hmm. and community retail pharmacies out there that are doing a phenomenal job with customer service. Yes. We really want to work with those independent pharmacies out there. If they formed a united front, they would outshine all of the chains. There's over 19,000 independent pharmacies here in the U.S. So we are interested in working on a pharmacy network with Mr. Cuban at this point. And what we're trying to do is bring those low-cost, affordable options to the local community pharmacy in your backyard. So we are operationalizing this. Uh, This spring, I am 100% heads down on starting beta testing this opportunity. If your listeners happen to be independent pharmacists, we would love to talk to them. After our uh, talk today, if I may, I'll share the link with you that independent pharmacists can sign up to learn more about our pharmacy network with Cuban and our what we're calling our Team Cuban Benefits Card. We're super excited about it because, you know, mail order pharmacy has some limitations, right? right. It, it, you, you can't get your acute medications through a mail order pharmacy. It's just not appropriate in some instances. If you need a Z-Pack or if you need a cough syrup, you're not, you shouldn't be waiting five to seven days for it to show up. So there's that element and plus the great customer service that retail pharmacists can give, um, you know, especially those independent pharmacies. You know, I, one of my rotations, the first time I was in pharmacy school was with an independent pharmacy, Marmaine Pharmacy in South Bend, Indiana. And Charlie Spire was the owner and everybody loved Charlie. You know, they came in and they were shooting, you know, whatever the talk was about, you know, he was an antique car guy. And, you know, he got to know his patients on a one-on-one basis. And mail order just, it's really hard to do that well in mail order. So 
we see the value. Mr. Cuban sees the value. He pointed at me about eight weeks ago and said, Albert, go build this network. And we want to talk to the independent pharmacies. So I am super excited because I think the independent pharmacies in particular have been really ravaged by the PBMs over in the last three to five years. Mm -hmm. And I want to see them thrive because I know their customer service is second to none. So I'm excited about this. Uh, I can't wait to get this rolled out. I'm sure Mr. Cuban would like it done yesterday as well. We're going as fast as we can. Um, we have pharmacies ready to go for a beta test on it. And I'll have a lot more uh, about it this spring as we go through the beta testing phase um, with this program. We also have an insulin beta testing project that we're working on right now through our mail order channel. There is a form that you can fill out as a patient for rapid acting insulin. Um, we're kind of testing the waters there. Challenges there are cold chain shipping, right? It is not cheap to ship, especially cold chain products in the US these days. So. That's an option as well. And we're kind of, um, our 503B sterile fill finish manufacturing facility is starting to get up and running in uh, the deep Ellum section of Dallas, Texas. There's just a lot of exciting things going on. And we had a great 2022, but I am super excited to see what 2023 brings us as well. Yeah. Well, I, hey, I know all the independent pharmacists listening are really excited about this new network and getting access. Couldn't agree more. I think that we've got to lean on them to um, help support healthier communities. And I think that's a great, great strategy. Um, so are there any plans? Can, can patients go directly to Mark Cuban to get their medications? Is there a mail order? What, what's the current setup or, um, is most of the distribution going to be through these independent pharmacists or pharmacies? Yeah. So right now our one year anniversary is on our website, costplusdrugs.com. And right now through a mail order channel, uh, with our pharmacy fulfillment partner, which is true pill, Patients can buy their prescriptions today. And our pricing is 100% transparent. If you go to costplusdrugs.com, you can look up any drug of our thousand or so drugs that are on our site. You can see exactly what our acquisition cost is for the drug. We mark it up 15%. We add a $3 dispensing fee that goes to TruePill and $5 for shipping. And that's it. It's super transparent. <laughs> You'd be shocked to know how much time I spend. No, that's really the model. <laughs> you know, there's no hidden fees. There's no rebates behind the scenes. There's nothing, nothing missing there. It's truly transparent and refreshing. Because um, frankly, there's not a lot of transparency in pharmacy benefits these days. No. So that has been up and running for a year now. The retail you know, channel will be very interesting to see as we go, move up and running um, and we beta test it. I can't talk exactly about the parameters yet because we have to test those, but suffice it to say that the pricing will be very similar to what we offer on costplusdrugs.com. Awesome. Well, Erin, um, one last question uh, that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Yeah, I think I kind of already did the spoiler alert on this one is just be amazing at your current job. Uh, people will notice, get out of the four walls of the, the day job, you know, make sure that you're networking with people outside of your profession, outside of your company, 
build your tribe, uh, you know, all of that. Brand development, as cheesy as that sounds, is super important these days because companies come and go, people come and go. uh, But the one thing that you can control is how people perceive you in the marketplace. So make sure that you are balancing your professional life internally at the company that you serve with your own company, if you are an entrepreneur, and then with the broader community, share your expertise and people will notice. Well, Erin, thanks so much for sharing. And we'll have all of those links uh, in the show notes. Thanks for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Hillary. Hillary.